Thanks for joining us through the Crossbridge Podcast. We hope this message speaks to you wherever you may be on your spiritual journey and helps you take your next step of growth in your relationship with Jesus. For more information about Crossbridge or to speak with one of our ministry team members, please visit crossbridge.church. Man, it's, it's just good to be here. I just got to tell you, and I know that you're glad to be here as well. Um, it is just going to be a good, good day. I, I need you to know that. As a matter of fact, let's say it by faith, okay? Let's turn to your neighbor and tell them, it's going to be a good day today, all right? It's going to be a good day. It is. The Lord's here through his presence. You're here. All these amazing people around you are here. And God's got something good to say to you tonight. And I pray that you are open and ready and able to receive all that he has in store for you. Hey, a special shout out to our Peru crew. It was so great being with you last weekend. Thanks for joining me yet again today. And for all of you joining us online, so grateful that you're here every single weekend that you come and join us. Hey, so we're a few weeks into this series called To Be Continued, and we've been talking about you, (laughs) your life, your story. What we've been reminding you of is that every single one of us lives a story, and what that story is like depends on, well, the choices we make in it. And every single week, I like to give a little bit of a review just to remind you where we've been and also kind of to tie us in for where we're going. But I don't want these reviews to get kind of repetitive So I asked the Lord this week, Lord, help me to find something, an illustration that would help us connect with where we've been, but in a new fun way. And the Lord brought to mind, to me, a story that was kind of a huge part of my upbringing when I was a kid, and I think it fits perfectly with what we've been talking about lately. Hey, when I was a kid, there was a specific uh, type of story that I loved so much, It was this kind of story. It's called a a choose-your-own-adventure story. Have any of you heard of a choose-your-own-adventure story? A few of you. I feel so bad for those of you who don't have your hands raised right now. Man, I I loved choose-your-own-adventure stories. And for those of you who are unfamiliar, it went a little bit of something like this. Rather than being a story that had a predetermined course and storyline to follow, choose-your-own-adventure books were written differently. You would find yourself coming to specific parts of the story where you had a choice to make. Let me give you some examples. Like, let's just pretend that the choose-your-own-adventure story is you on an epic voyage out on the open sea. You may find yourself coming to a section of the story which says, but your vessel has broke down. Now what will you do? And it would give you one of two choices. You could, number one, choose to swim to the nearby island for help. If that's your choice, turn to page 50. Or you could choose option two, which is wait in your boat for help to come. If that's your choice, turn to page 75. Now, you've only known me a few weeks, but you'll probably know this next part already. I'm a little bit of a doer. I ain't waiting for nothing, okay? So I'm choosing option one. I'm turning to page 50 because I'm going to swim to the nearby island. And sure enough, I turn over to page 50 and this is what I read. You were eaten by a shark. The end. (laughs) What? Sometimes that would happen. So you know what I would do? I'd quick turn back. Because that's not how I want my story to end. So I'd pretend that that chapter, that that decision didn't happen. And it made me think, wouldn't that be great if we could do that in our lives? (laughs) Hey, let's get real honest. Anyone have some chapters in the story of their life that they wish they could maybe redo? (laughs) Maybe that weekend that you wish you wouldn't have done. 
or that date that you went on, um, that thing that you said to your friend when you were just, well, to be honest with you, hungry and angry, a little bit, a little hangry, or that money that you put in the bears, you know, if, if you had it to do all over again, you'd love to flip back and redo that adventure in your story. <laughs> I think it's a good telling reminder that decisions matter, don't they? Because they determine the story of our life and what story is told about us. And I think it's such an important reminder of what we've been learning so far in our to-be-continued story, that each of our stories is a to-be-continued story. And in each of our stories, we come to these fork-in-the-road moments where we have a choice to make, and which choice will I take? And our prayer from the very beginning has been this, that you will choose to listen to the voice of the grand author of your story, your Heavenly Father who leads, desires to lead and to guide you into plans of purpose and hope and fulfillment for your story and for his glory. And I pray that's what you've been taking so far from this. And we've been looking at what some of those chapters have been. We've talked about what it means for us to keep going and keep growing, keep knowing, keep undergoing. Last week, Pastor Sherry did an amazing job of keep showing, keep showing Jesus. And today I want to tell you about the next chapter in our story. The chapter is to keep Glowing, okay? Keep glowing. You look a little confused. Turn to your neighbor and ask him, glowing? Glowing? Right? Yeah, glowing. That's right. I hope you're intrigued of what that means. If so, mission accomplished. Hey, however you're reading God's message today, turn with me where we've been the last few weeks, the book of Philippians. If you're here for the first time, easiest way to find it is the table of contents. It's kind of near the back part of your Bible, okay? But Philippians chapter 2, beginning with verse 12. Pray that you've got something to take notes today. You've downloaded the app and have opened our, our notes feature on the Crossbridge app or something that you can write down because God's got a word for you tonight and I don't want you to miss it. Philippians chapter 2, beginning with verse 12. Would you please stand with me as we honor the reading of God's message today? Philippians 2 verse 12 says this, Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you, and now that I am away, it is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Do everything without complaining and arguing. We're going to have to save that one for another day. <laughs> so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Would you pray with me? Lord, your word is alive and it's active. And I know right here and right now you're doing a work. So Jesus, do what only you can do. Holy Spirit, flow as only you can. I pray that none of us will leave the same as when we came in, but know that we've encountered the living God and we've responded to your call in our life. Make us more aware of your voice. And Jesus, I pray that you will break every chain, that you will start right here and right now to let us know that you've got something to speak to us. We believe you for it all, Jesus, and ask it in your name. Amen. You may be seated. I know this may date me a little bit, but I am a child of the 80s. Grew up in the 80s. Anyone else grow up in the 80s? Proud of you. Good work, everyone. 
I don't know what you remember about the 80s. There's lots of things. We could do a whole message on that. But one of the things that I remember most about the 80s were the 80s television programs. There were some great programs on TV back in the 80s. Uh, Programs like this one, the A-Team. Anyone remember the A-Team? I wanted a van with a racing stripe just because of this show, and I never got one. We got a station wagon instead, which is a whole different vibe, okay? Uh, Or what about this group of ladies? (laughs) I love how we applauded for I bet we could all sing the theme song together. Thank you for... You know that. I knew you would. If you ran into a problem anywhere in the world in the 80s, there was one guy you needed to call, this guy. His name is MacGyver. Because um, with a piece of string and a paperclip, he can fix anything. And if you're a fan of crime dramas, it's kind of a new hot thing again today. Everyone wants to do the, the cold or the dramas again. You, you wanted to know this guy, Magnum P.I. Look at that mustache, huh? Hey, the mustache game in the 80s was hashtag strong, okay? It was, strong mustache game. But of all the shows in the 80s that you may remember, there was one that my friends and I loved more than all the rest because it had everything. It had fame. It had celebrity. It had a chance to make it big yourself. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you Star Search with Ed McMahon. Now, for those of you who don't know Star Search because you're a millennial or a Gen Z and you were born after that, Star Search was kind of the original American Idol, wasn't it? And the way that it worked is you could get selected and you compete against someone. And on this show, you would showcase your talent. And if your talent wowed the judges enough, you could win and be the next big star. Shake Ed McMahon's hand. Yay for Ed McMahon. Some of you are wondering, Keith, what in the world does this have to do with anything besides your love for 80s TV? There is a point to it, I promise. Hey, my friends, I don't know if you caught it in our message today from God's word, but we're still on a star search. Did you know that? We are. If you missed it, let me remind you of what God's message says to us today. Philippians chapter 2, verse 15, here's what it says to us. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights. I actually love how the New International Version translates this. I think it's much closer to home. Listen to what it says here, and anytime you come across the underlined words, say it with me, okay? Ready? Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. Do you hear that, my friends? God's Word actually looks to us and says, if you were a follower of Jesus, you know what that makes you, right? A star. Hey, do me a favor, turn to your neighbor and tell them you got star power. You got star power, right? Hey, online, do me, just for fun, throw a star emoji in the chat so I know I'm tracking with you today, okay? I would love that. Now, when we're called stars, it doesn't mean like you're going to be an athletic star or that you're going to be a celebrity star. It means you're going to be a star star, like a star in the sky. Now, I don't know about you, but I've been called a lot of things in my life. (laughs) Been called hubby. Been called dad, been called old man. That's my kid's new favorite one. I don't know what's that all about. Um, I've been called fast paced, high octane. Some people said you're too much, Pastor. I get that. Um, I've been called reverend. Lots of things I've been called, but being called a star, that's not something that I can remember being called a lot in my life. So, of course, the question is if that's what I am, if that's what it says you are, what does that mean? 
And if that's who we are, part of our identity, what does it mean to live this out? It's an important thing for us to discuss today, isn't it? So for us to understand first what it means to be a star, like a star star in the sky, first we have to understand the context in which this was written and how it applies to us. So a little more audience participation time here today. Anyone been noticing the news lately? Raise your hand. Yeah, a few of us. I don't necessarily love it, but I feel it's important for me to know what's going on in our world, in our community. It helps me to know how to better minister, how to better pray for the world in which we live. But I started to realize a few things about our world recently. And so in the past few weeks, I've been just kind of taking little snippets, little headlines of some of the things I've been reading. And I put together a collage of sorts for us today. Here's what some of the headlines I've been reading are. U.S. media, polarization, a nation divided, majority of people around the world feel divided, America being pulled apart, COVID cases spike, welcome to the fractured states of America. (laughs) I don't know about you, but sometimes when I'm scrolling through my flip book or you're listening to your talk radio or you're reading through your newspaper, sometimes it's even hard for me to try to sum up the feelings in my heart when I look at the state of the world around us. But one word has been kind of rising to the surface for me. The only way I really know how to describe things as of late is this word, well, dark. Don't things seem like they're just dark lately? And don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm 44, I've seen dark times before, but man, there's a, there's a darkness in the world in which we're a part of the day that just kind of is mind-blowing to me. And maybe you wouldn't define it the same way, maybe you'd choose a different word, but I'm willing to guess that most of us, as we look to the state of the world around us, would say, things just are appearing Well, kind of dark lately. Now, it's important for us to identify that because once we understand the context of the world in which we live, now I want to go back to what it means for us to be stars in the sky. You see, when God's word looks at you and and looks at me and says, shine like bright lights, shine like stars in the sky, this is actually an invitation It's a calling, it's actually a command for us to see the darkness in the world and actually to do something about it. To shine like stars actually means for you and I to make a difference. Not just to sit idly by on the sidelines and kind of watch the world get darker and darker and darker. Time and time again, and especially in this passage from God himself to us, he says, hey, in the darkness, the black night of the world around us, you shine like stars. So the question is, what? well, how? <laughs> how in the world do we shine like stars? And, and again, there's so much to unpack here, but I want to identify what I see as three things. I call them three star qualities. Since we're all stars here, for those of us who have accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior and, and God is the author of our story, I think there's three star qualities that we have to live out if we're going to embrace our calling as the stars that he has called us to be. And they all start with the letter I, kind of. You'll see what I mean in a second. But three I-starting qualities that I want us to look at today. And the first one we find right away is this. we got to identify. First, we have to identify. And here's where this came from. Um, Look at what it says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 14 and 15 again. It says, live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of, say it with me, crooked and perverse people. Don't raise your hand for this one, but anyone notice some crooked and perverse things happening lately? Anyone want to make a list? We better not, right? 
Um, it, it's easy to see. You don't need me to remind you of this. All you need to do is, again, look at the headlines or scroll on social media or open your door and look outside. There's stuff all around us that we would look at and say, man, that's dark, that's crooked, that's perverse. But I think this statement from God's word actually asks this question in a deeper way, in a different layered way. I think the question for us is this, where is the darkness in your world? In the world in which you live, where you go to work, where you go to school, in the things that you do, where are you seeing the darkness around you? Because it's one thing to think there's darkness in the world. There's another thing to think there's darkness in, in your world, isn't there? But I bet if we were to pause long enough to ask the question, I bet we'd probably be able to see where there's some darkness even in our world, isn't it? For some of you, it's that single mom who just lives a couple doors down and the darkness that she's been experiencing is despair and heartache, maybe some anxiety and depression because of some things that have happened and that's just a dark situation. For others of you, it's at your workplace and it just seems like there's this cloud of struggle just hanging over people and when you walk through those doors, it just feels like everyone's like, oh, when will this be over? For others of you, it's kids. Going back to school this week for my kiddo, and I'm trying to think about that and what that looks like. And even as my kid goes into school to see some of the darkness that is present there and the hurt and the pain and the bullying and the isolation. The question for us isn't in there, is there darkness in the world? I think we're easily able to say, yep, I can find that pretty quick, Keith. I have no problem agreeing with God's word saying there is a world around us that is crooked and perverse. But the question is in your world, the world in which you live. Where is the darkness present? That's the first thing we've got to identify. But then it leads us to the second thing. Then you've got to engage it. See how I cheated here a little bit? But I needed another I word. So thank you for your flexibility, okay? But we're called to engage. Now this is where it gets a little bit harder. As a matter of fact, with each of these three star qualities, it gets progressively deeper. So just stick with me. Hold on, okay? We're called to Engage the world in which we are a part of. And again, don't take my word for it. Look again at what God's message says to us. And I want you to say the underlying words. Ready? Then you will shine. Where? Uh, among them. And some of you are wondering, like, among, among? Yeah. <laughs> and again, I like to make this super practical. When God's word calls us to shine among them, I think it means among the other soccer moms. It means among the aisles of handy foods when you're getting those delicious smiley face cookies. Can I get an amen for those? They're delicious. <laughs> among the booths of Jeremiah Joe's and, and at your gym and when you're in your spin classes and yes, when you're in Peru and you're eating some stone jug barbecue, yum, did yum, yum, yum. <laughs> that we are actually called to shine among. <laughs> this can be a challenge, Right? Because think about what we just said, Keith. I mean, the whole first point was about how crooked and perverse and dark the world is. Why would I want to go into that? As a matter of fact, for most of us, when the world gets darker, we step back further, don't we? Let's hang around with other lights because that's way more fun. And why in the world would I ever want to go there? Why would I want to hop on board the old crazy train when I can just not? Because it's a scary thing, isn't it? When you think about the state of the world in which we're a part of, to, to think about living among and, and to going and being there. And I get it, my friends. I live in the same world that you do. I know sometimes people think pastors just hang out in their office all day, and that's not the case for me. 
Now, I go to the same world and the same stores and talk to the same people and experience the same pain and problems that you do. And sometimes I'm really scared. And, and this part of God's message, it's a challenge to me. But in the midst of my fear and anxiety, when I hear the word of God, the message of Jesus, the promptings of the Holy Spirit calling me to go and to be among those in our world, I'm reminded of a promise that is so true for us, my friends. And let me make sure that we know this. Time and time again, God's message says this, the only change that will make any lasting difference in our world is the change that Jesus can bring. And I want to make sure that you know this, that he's called you and I to be those light bearers. And so because Jesus has said, hey, I want you to be among them, this is why it's so important for us to volunteer to be tutors at our local schools and to sign up for clubs and organizations and yes, to get involved in that bowling league and sign up for fantasy football at your office. You're like, what? I love my pastor so much right now. That's the best thing you've ever said. It's why we are needing to be a part of our gyms. Get that gym membership. Don't wait for the first of the years. Do it now. It's why we're called to go to nursing homes and to volunteer at animal shelters and, yes, to be foster parents. Because the only way for us to live out this call to make a difference in the world is to take the Jesus who shines within us into a dark and broken world. Now, Just a quick aside, I want to make sure you don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying go to places where you're tempted. I'm not saying go to places where you know you're going to stumble, you're going to fall. But God's word is saying this. Find a place where you can shine and make a difference in the world. See, you got to identify, then you got to engage. My little cheating I word. And then the third thing is this. you got to illuminate. you got to illuminate. Now, I'm going to invite you to say this passage again, but the words I want you to say along with me are right at the beginning, so I'm going to give you a countdown because I'm feeling especially gracious today. You're welcome, okay? So I'm going to give you three, two, one, and we're going to say them together. Ready? Three, two, one. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights. My friends, God's word says this. Hey, let there be a contrast that is seen. In a world that's crooked and perverse and dark, you live clean, innocent, bright lives. As a matter of fact, in the backdrop of the world that seems so dark, that's especially when stars shine their brightest, don't they? You've all been in the city, you've been in downtown Chicago, and you've looked up and be like, are there even any stars up there? And then you come out here to Ottawa, right? And you're like, oh, look at all the stars, where have they been? They've been there the whole time, but you just couldn't see him because there wasn't as much of a contrast. And God's word says to us, stand out. Let there be a contrast in the way you live your life. Don't dim your light. Don't diminish your shine. Don't blend into the darkness around you. Stand out. The way that we live our lives in our friendships, our relationships, how we spend our money, how we think and talk about people, all of that should look markedly different from the world around us. I think for us, again, just to make it super practical, I think illuminating, glowing for Jesus means that you're at the soccer game with all the other parents, but you're not saying the same thing about the ref as the rest of them, right? That sure enough, you work at the same workplace with all the other people, but you're not dissing the boss behind his back. You're not starting rumors about that person. You're not trashing someone else so you can take a step up on the corporate ladder. 
That yeah, you're watching the game like with all of your other buddies, but you're not saying the same thing about the cheerleaders as they are. You see, to live clean and innocent lives means that you stand out. You give the world an alternative to see. As a matter of fact, you look to them and to the rest of the world, you look a little odd. You look a little weird. And as a matter of fact, I think that's a good thing. In this regard, living clean and innocent lives, let's be a little odd. As a matter of fact, turn to your neighbor and just encourage them, be odd. Be odd. Okay? And some of you are looking back at me and saying, Pastor, they are already there. Good job. Mission accomplished. Okay? But what I'm, what I'm saying is this, be different. Shine differently. Illuminate Jesus. Glow up in your life. Shine. Live your life like, well, like Jesus. Hey, speaking of Jesus, you know Jesus was the king of living among a crooked and perverse generation, right? You remember, Jesus was the one that was sent to us. He left this perfection of heaven. We talked about it last week in Philippians 2, 5 through 11. And he came to, to live with us. And Jesus, who was absolutely sinless, never sinned in his entire life, was perfect in every single way, yet he was constantly surrounded by sinful people. Have you seen this? I mean, if you've not yet read Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, you'll find this quite instantly, that thieves and ladies of the night and adulterers and what's oftentimes in the New Testament are referred to as notorious sinners, they followed him everywhere he went. What's so intriguing to me about Jesus is how he responded to them. As he's surrounded by these notorious sinners, you don't find him despising them or disparaging them, but rather you find him filled with love and compassion for them. You find him serving them and loving them and inviting them to follow him. What a man of great compassion. As a matter of fact, for those of you who are Bible trivia buffs, this might be extra fun for you if you're ever on Bible Jeopardy, okay? Did you know the most mentioned emotional response of Jesus in the Gospels is compassion? It's compassion. It's this beautiful Greek word called splagnon. Isn't that fun to say? And it literally means to have your insides yearn. It literally means for every fiber of your being to be compelled in love and care for someone. I oftentimes wonder when I think about things like this, and I wonder how often that is attributed to us as followers of Jesus today, that our first response to people who is nothing like us is love and compassion. I don't know about you, but it's very seldom that people come to me as a pastor and say, you know what I love about followers of Jesus? How loving and compassionate they are. How well they listen to people who are not like them. <laughs> but it's interesting, isn't it? Because sometimes there's this fear in the back of our mind of saying, well, pastor, are we just supposed to let people continue to live in their warped, crooked perversion? No, not at all. Don't hear what I'm not saying again. But what I am saying is this. When it comes to a dark, perverse, warped world, sometimes it takes people a little bit of time to come to know the Jesus that you love and follow. And sometimes you got to take a long view when it comes to people following Jesus. Can you do it all at once? Absolutely. But sometimes they take it one step at a time. I want to remind you of two very important things, okay? That there's a difference between leading people to Jesus and leading people to be like Jesus. That's what discipleship is. First, we lead them to Jesus, and then we let Jesus do the cleaning up. Because I don't know about you, but I've never been able to change anyone. But Jesus, he's real good at it. 
And I thought about this. It reminds me of a book I read from Don Everts. He, he wrote a book called I Once Was Lost. And he interviewed 2,000 what's called postmodern Christians, Christians who gave their life to Jesus before the age of about 30. And he found this amazing pattern that developed of how they came to know Jesus. And I, I just wanted to share it with you. Look at what he says. There's actually five steps. First, they trusted a Christian. In other words, there was somebody in their world who was living among them. And they're like, they looked at them and they said, well, maybe a Jesus follower isn't so bad if they're like this. And then they became curious. Well, wait a minute. If you're not judgmental, if you're not cruel, if you actually, even though I'm not at your church, I'm not, well, maybe I could ask you a question or two. Then number three, they, they opened themselves up to change. They started to believe that maybe, just maybe, there's a, a possibility that I don't have to be what I've always been. That there's hope even in these hopeless spots of my life. Then they began to seek God. And I love this, this last part. They said what? They said yes to Jesus. And let me ask, and I want a, a hearty response. They said yes to Jesus. Is that not what we want for every single person on the planet? Yes. Yeah. So let me just say it like this. I don't think we can go wrong following the example of Jesus. But loving and caring and being among the people as he's called us to be, even when it's difficult, even when it's a challenge, even though the darkness of the world around us can be so very scary. What would it look like if we as stars in the sky, those of us with star power, actually went out and lived what Christ has called us to live? Hey, I want this to stick with us today. So I'm going to do things at the end of this message that's maybe something different than we don't usually do here, but it's okay. You're in church. Let's do something different, okay? Everyone take a second and grab your phone, your device. Some of you have been on Twitter this whole time. No judgment, okay? That's okay. Just grab it. You'll pretend you're doing what the pastor said. Grab your phone. In just a moment, we're going to use these to illustrate what it is that we've been talking about this entire message. And for those of you at home, those of you in Peru, hey, I want to invite you to do something that we're going to do here in just a moment. We're going to make it really, really dark in here. And unless you're driving in a car and it's totally unsafe, I want you to try to darken the environment you're in as, as much as humanly possible, but I wanted to make sure that you have a moment for you to get your device out, okay? So try to keep them not lit up right now, okay? But just have them on the ready, okay? On the ready. All right, so here's what I'm going to invite us to do. Let's, let's try to make it as dark as we can in here just for a moment, okay? Let's get it real dark in here, wherever you are. You ever been in a really dark place before? It can be kind of scary, can it? And for some of you, as you're looking around for a moment, this feels kind of like the world you're living in. And maybe for you, it's not just this world. It's, this is what your marriage feels like. Because it's dark and you don't see any light. Or for some of you, it's an addiction. For some of you, it's a situation going on with your kids and you don't see any light at the end of the tunnel. And sometimes when things get really dark, it can get really, really scary, can it? But have you ever been in that moment where this happens? Where one single light shows up and suddenly what used to be filled with darkness is now a glimmer of hope, isn't there? It's amazing to me how much hope one single light can bring to the darkness of a world. So here's what I want to invite you to do, my friends. If this is the hope that's brought by one light, 
What could all the lights bring? So here's what I'm going to invite you to do. Don't light up yet. You're eager. I know it. Hold on a second, okay? Because here's the point of Jesus' story. It's fun for us to do it in church with a bunch of other lights. But how in the world are they ever going to experience the light if no one goes to them? If no one shines the light to them? You see, for there to be a light in the darkness, first someone has to go into the darkness, don't they? So what I'm going to do is instruct you to do this. Nobody light up their light until someone shares their light with you. No one gets to light their light until someone shines that light on you. But once someone shares their light with you, once someone comes to you in the midst of your darkness, then would you shine that light bright and bold? And then please do not keep it to yourself. Look around you and see who else needs the light, the hope that you have. All right? There you go. Shine your light. Shine your light, my friends. I want you to look around while we're seeing this, my friends. Once someone shines their light on you, and I want you to shine your light on someone else. That's right. Once someone shines their light on you, shine it on someone else. Here you go, my friends. Hit that light. Who's going to get brave and bold and go to a section of darkness over here? Needs a little light. For those of you who don't have a light yet, it it takes forever, doesn't it? It feels like, man, when's someone going to get to me? That'll preach right there. All right. Hey, keep spreading those lights, but here's what I want to invite you to do for a moment, okay? Everyone, your lights right, nice and high, okay? Look around for a moment, okay? Now do this with me, ready? Now cover them up for a second. Now one more time, shine them bright, boom. Pretty dramatic difference, isn't there? And that's the thing, you can put your lights, just keep them up, keep them down for a second. This is what happens when we choose to do what Christ has called us to do, when we choose to shine the light in the world to see. What used to be dark is now filled with hope, and I pray the same thing will happen for you. And no matter where you are, just turn those lights back on. You can turn your lights off. We're going to bring the house lights back up, so protect your eyes, okay? Um, I'm going to invite the praise team to come back up. We're going to sing a song that I think is so very fitting for this. Here's your challenge this week, my friends. Every single day, I know that you are going to be around a spot where there may be some darkness because that's the world in which we live. So here's my challenge for you. Would you shine the light of Jesus? And some of you are like, Keith, I I don't even know how. What would I do? I can't do this. And guess what? You're right. But can I remind you of the promise of God's word today? Philippians 2.13, it says this, for God is at work in you, giving you the power and the desire to do that which pleases him. That's what it says. For God is working in who? In you. Giving you the power and the desire to do what pleases him. And just by listening, just by loving, just by showing compassion, you'd be surprised the light that can happen. So love, serve, listen, shine 
like Jesus in the world you are a part of. Identify, engage, and illuminate. Would you stand with me today? We're going to sing a song, and I want you to pay attention to this one line in the song. It's a new song, but I pray it catches on, because this has been the prayer of my heart for a few months now. It says this, the darkest night, you can light it up. And I pray that you will sing that song, that part of the song, by faith today. No matter how dark it is, God has called us to shine like stars in this dark world so that others can find the hope of Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, here's our prayer, that you would shine through us, that we would keep glowing for your kingdom, that others would find hope in the midst of their darkness, and that hope has a name, and that name is Jesus. Help us to do that, what you've called for us to do. And as we sing this song, may it be a declaration of our faith that the darkest night, you can light it up. God of revival, would you come? Awaken our hearts and our minds, we pray in your name, Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for the Crossbridge Podcast. The mission of Crossbridge is to lead others into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And we'd love to partner with you on your spiritual journey. So please let us know how we can come alongside you and support you and pray for you by visiting crossbridge.church.